Uh, well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Sleep With Me, the podcast to put you to sleep. And I was going to check uh, Twitter to see what was trending, but I had actually a story. Like, I have, a, we have an occasional, these aren't series, but they're occasional episodes, you know, related to other hobbies. Other than I listen to Knox, I have another hobby. And it, well, it used to be one hobby, now it's two. And then I decided to combine them, which was pitching Tim Curry and Tim Curry, mostly Tim Curry's representatives. Uh, and this was not like, like, I guess, like when I first started, it, like, uh, I don't know, like pitching Tim Curry projects. Uh, and like, like, more uh, like I'd really want to share a vision or share time with Tim Curry in reality. Uh, because it, like, it, like, I don't know, I'd like, I love Tim Curry and, uh, I don't know, some people might say, well, geez, can't like, if it, like, and I say, yeah, well, Tim Curry does have gatekeepers, uh, to keep me out. Like, uh, it, like, it was just like pitching. So it's pitching Tim Curry. And then at some point, uh, when I thought I had knocked it out of the park with the movie, like they do, like any Tim Curry involvement, like along with the proper story and stuff, it was called. Uh, well, I don't remember what the name of the movie was called, but it was like the premise was uh, that Tim Curry was an organist at a church, and uh, uh, like they were serving like a like an underserved community, and the denomination of the church uh, was is flexible, and that. Uh, Either the church was going to get a new chandelier or they had a chandelier. And that one day the chandelier was gone because there was other, like, it was like about, uh, and that Tim Curry was part of this camp that maybe took the chandelier and sold it and gave the money away. So it wasn't a totally formed idea. Uh, but that was one project I pitched Tim Curry on. I know there was, oh, then there was the Punch and Judy uh, live-action movie. Uh, that may have been my first pitch in the, uh, I forget, I think I even had a title for that one. It was an episode, it'll be, like, you you'll be, you, you may be able to find it. Uh, I think there was also, like, oh, no, that was Bernie the Butterfly. I was mad about Owen and Mazzee. Maybe I could pitch you, Tim. Maybe that's another project, uh, like an Owen and Mazzee related project, but that's like pretty 2014. Um, then I was pitching uh, Rick Moranis because I said, you know who I miss also and who I haven't worn out my welcome with is Rick Moranis. Uh, like, uh, and I think I pitched Rick Moranis on Adventures in Babysitting 2. Unfortunately, that was right about the time Adventures in Babysitting 2 came back out that I didn't know about. And while that didn't work, like, while that didn't go good, uh, I did, uh, like, I think Rick Moranis maybe, like, still does comedy, like, uh, privately. And, like, I provide him with, like, uh, a character that he can do because uh, he's done it for my pleasure. Uh he calls it like like he he did so he imitates Drew, not Scooter. So he he does. I think I brought some joy into his life because he puts on you know for his family he puts on little shows and then when I'm over at uh, over there, and you could be saying Scoots is any of this real, uh, or is this like the Knox or is this even like uh, like and I'd say well this is a uh, bedtime story podcast. 
So just settle in because I have a new pitch for both. Like I was figuring, well, this, so usually I tell you these things after so that they can't prepare. Because uh, usually, especially when you have multiple layers of teams you have to get through. Like, because even Rick's team, they'll call my phone when I'm at, they'll, they'll say, you're not a, at Mr. Moranis' house, are you? And I say, well, I knocked. Uh, and they say, well, Rick gave me a key. And they say, like, a little Rick, not big. And I say, okay, anyway, no, no, I knocked. I rang the doorbell, and I was invited in. I'm an invited guest. Uh, and then they just sigh, and then they usually, and they say, Rick's doing his scooter, his Drew scooter routine. Uh, so, whatever, like, so it's a delicate, it can be a delicate situation. And I don't do any of this ever. Uh uh, because if you're, you know, because if you have, it, like, uh, this is only the kind of stuff that makes up sleep podcasts. Uh, but I've been sitting, like, uh, on this idea for a while. And maybe, like, six months ago, I returned to it, uh, fantasizing about, would this could this idea ever come to fruition? And then I said, what about, uh, well, I was like, who would I pitch this idea to? And like, could, like, how could we make it into like a, like, could it be a podcast? Um, and then I was thinking about pitching the mystery bar about it. And, you know, then like my kind of focus is like usually consumed by sleep with me. And then I thought, well, what if like Tim Curry and Rick Moranis were in this musical as the leads, uh, looking back, uh, um, like, because uh, it seems to be like, uh, like I want to embrace where they are now, the actors, uh, and write for that. Especially this is what I tell their team. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, and I think secretly their team is like, uh, they really like me. I mean, come on, like, uh, they want what's best for their clients. I'm not trying to make it like, uh, I think they just get frustrated because they don't think my ideas are ever going to come to much fruition, which is understandable. Uh, but so I had this idea, which I'll tell you about, because I, you know, just did, had delivered the pitch recently. Um, but let me talk about one other theory I have, uh, which, you know, there's the idea of the collective unconscious, right? And there's a kind of an idea of like this collective story unconscious where, you know, other people, there's archetypal stories and other people have ideas and they're kind of similar but I think if you go even deeper into the collective unconscious, there's a collective unconscious of musicals. There's probably a musical collective unconscious as well. And uh, of things that people think should be a musical, like my my claim to fame is that, uh, you know, the Goonies musical, which we still haven't seen yet because of the rights complications. But I pitched that Goonies musical to my brother and he like then he was like, no, I thought of that idea. And then he just, I said, don't tell anybody about the Goonies musical. That's how I'm going to pay for retirement. Uh, and I mean, but I don't think that's like that creative an idea, to be honest, because it's like kind of a musical that writes itself. I mean, you do have to get a song, a songsmith in there. Yeah, but at least the book, uh, you know, it w- wouldn't be easy. Uh, but it's, it does seem like something that is, would make a perfect musical. Now, maybe we're in this, uh, I don't know, maybe we've passed a peak musical for uh, adaptations. Uh, There does seem to be plenty of creative work going on there. Uh, 
So that was an idea. And this is, so this is a musical. And I, I would posit to say that this idea probably has been tried before. And, uh, so this is what, and actually this is how the pitch started. So for, like, let me see how much, uh, backstory I have to give on how I got through. I mean, what I did start doing was showing up at Rick Moranis's, uh, with, uh, DVDs, uh, and this is a trick if you, if, like, it's a little trick, but it's not super tricky is if you get, like, if you do like actually get access, you, you got to make yourself indispensable, right? And I'm not good at too many things, but I am good at like putting things together and like, I don't know anything about technology, but I'm good at testing it and getting stuff, hooking stuff. I can hook up wires like nobody's business. So I did say to Rick, like multiple times, you like, you need the, you need somebody to put batteries and stuff. Give me a call, buddy. And he would laugh. He'd say, I think I got that covered, Drew. And I'd say, well, what about like, like, how do you like, like, I'm good at Rick. I'm good at this stuff. How do you consume your television? And so we would talk about that and, and then I'd say, well, here's your streaming options, but you know, here's what can, you can get in like, uh, here's the resolutions and here's like, you know, the, the you know, cause you, if you got a nice setup, then you might not be getting full surround sound. So we were testing out solutions, uh, you know, for Moranis Movie Central. And I said, okay, Rick, like, let's do some tests uh, to compare, like, uh, just, you know, using a Blu-ray to a DVD to a streaming movie. And I started doing a little uh, seed planning. So every time I'd say, okay, like, uh, well, so let's watch a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then we watched Clue. Then around Halloween, we watched The Worst Witch, um, uh, Clue, you know, Annie. I, I was just trying to sneak in every Tim Curry movie I possibly could. And it took, Rick didn't catch on really right away. He just said, Jesus, like, what do you got? Like, you're, you're a Tim Curry fan. One time he said in passing. But they're all, like, the perfect movies to set on. You say, okay, like, just let me know how the resolution is. Uh, you could probably picture this, uh, you know, picture Rick Moranis on the couch, and there I am working on the TV. And what I'd do is I'd start the movie, like, and we'd be doing a test, uh, so Blu-ray or whatever, or like a HD purchase, like, from iTunes that you download versus a stream, whatever. We were testing different stuff, uh, and I have I had a little uh, sheet for him, that was handwritten where I'd say picture quality, sound quality. And you, but you get the movie started, then you still pretend like you're working on something. Uh, always look busy. If you want to be indispensable, always look busy too. So you just get behind the TV, you put your head behind the TV, you get this quizzical look on your face. I do a lot of wire pinching, like where you're just pinching a wire like it was pasta or something. Like, huh. And then looking at it, uh, and then putting your head, you know, behind the TV, then back, and then you know, scratching your chin. I'm I'm really good at looking confused and, uh, uh, like I'm trying, I'm puzzled, puzzling behind the television. And then I'd say, okay, at some point, like, but the movie would have already started. And then once uh, the movie starts, Rick would be like, okay, 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 let me just. Well, I forgot how good this movie was. And he would be in uh, kind of like, and then I try to sit up next to him on the couch, uh, 
And he'd say, well, what about at uh, multi-rooms? You know, what about uh, getting the music in the uh, the hallway? Uh, you, were, you were like you were talking about making my house into a theme park with the ambient. I say, okay, Rick, uh, get right. I uh, get right on that. Uh, uh, but you know, and I'd, uh, like uh, then I'd pretend I was caught up in the movie too. And I usually like I have learned to just leave way early. So I'd be like, all right, I got like I guess I'll fix that hall thing later when I figure that out. But I got to get out of here. And he would just kind of wave me off. Uh, so I got Rick. Like, unfortunately, I didn't have that kind of unfettered access to Tim Curry. Like, uh, I don't know if it'd be like no offense to Rick, but I, I, I like I could I could probably split my time between both of them. Uh, but then, uh, you know, like Rick said, like he would start cracking jokes from the movies that no one, like some of the movies, you know, that haven't been seen. And then, you know, I'm a big Annie fan, so I would, you know, sing some Annie songs. Uh, and I had some catchy tunes. And, you know, even Rick said, Worst Witch wasn't, wasn't that bad. Uh, wasn't half bad. And I say, yeah, especially the part with Tim McCurry. And I, like you said, oh, that was a highlight for sure. And I said, man, I wonder what it'll be like to work with uh, Tim Curry. And Rick said, I've, I've wondered, wondered that my whole life. Uh, and I said, huh, like, because uh, I got this crazy idea. And Rick said, what, fix the audio in my hallway? And I said, yeah, come on, like, because I need somebody to hold the ladder. Believe me, then you get up in the ceiling speakers, uh, you get somebody holding a ladder for you. you. Ideally, you have their full attention. And then I enacted stage two, which I'm going to try to, I guess I'll try to shroud it in mystery. Uh, but I started, like, I said, okay, Rick, uh, I, I think I'm hooked up to your Bluetooth. And I pretended like, uh, like I was working on the speakers. I really had a Bluetooth speaker in my pocket, but I was up there in the ceiling speakers. Uh, Again, mostly pitching wires and looking at uh, stuff and then, you know, turning a screw like a quarter of an inch. And then I was playing. So I'd be like, okay, let me run another test. And I was playing music, uh, some 80s music uh, uh, from a particular group uh, or duo. Uh, They can't help but be catchy. A little maybe sometimes too earwormy. And what I would do is I'd stop the songs early, and then uh, Mr. Moranis Rick would say, no, 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 oh, keep, keep that going. Like, uh, I love that song. Or he'd say, oh, remember that SNL where they did the thing with Obama McCain? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, I love that. And so that was stage two. I never got those speakers working. Uh, what I did do was I just put, like, a Bluetooth speaker up in there behind the... Uh, the ceiling speakers, uh, and then every, like, I just got to go over there and charge it like once or twice a week. Uh, so I had planted two seeds, the curry seed and then the, uh, uh, the musical seed. And then I had to take it one step further, which was like, uh, I don't know if this is vanity or truth. I guess it's a little bit of both, but Rick has a really nice voice and he would be singing along with, uh, like a different thing, like the different songs. And I say, man, like, uh, I'd say, you really nailed it. Or we'd be, you know, uh, very rarely did this happen, but we'd be singing, like, kind of, uh, 
whatever mel I don't know what that's called when you sing at the same time. I guess singing at the same time. Uh, but we'd be singing along. I guess it's singing along to these songs or songs from Annie, and uh, you know, or, or the worst big song from the Worst Witch. I can't remember the lyrics now. And I say, wow, like, 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 it's you got a great set of pipes on you, Moranis. Uh, uh, you just laugh at that. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, I was like, okay, I could retire now if I made Mick Rick Moranis. Uh, laugh and blush uh i've lived a full life uh, and that's where i enacted uh, phase four which was uh uh where i said oh geez like uh looking back on things i said you've really lived a, like you lived a full life uh and you say stuff like wow you got a lot to be proud of you're really leaving uh you know, two different kinds of legacies. There's three different kinds behind Mr. Moranis. Uh, that's where I tried to picture myself as like a paperboy kid or a shoeshine kid. I'd say, wow, Mr. Moranis. Uh, and then I like, so then I said, okay, like, uh, the, the, like, uh, like I said, looking back. Uh, and I say, how come there's not more stories about like looking back? Uh, where the leads are the ones looking back, uh, for like, uh, but not like in the past, uh, I said, but, you know, showing people in the, 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 the real stage they are in their life, their real age, uh, where the, a, you know, and Rick said, are you going to say ageism? And I said, well, not quite. I said, but, uh, I don't know, like accomplished, uh, actors or uh, singers uh, pop uh, pop uh, what's power pop rick do you know and he didn't know we spent a lot of time like just making sounds like uh like is it a song that does this 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 you know and that was kind of fun so if you're bored ever you like uh you just try to make sound effects to describe oh is that power pop or not is that just pop you know, because then you can add in stuff like synth pop, uh, Cana- like Canadian pop. Uh, those were the two I thought of. Uh, Canadian pop kind of flopped because uh, they thought that would crack him up. But uh, he was like, huh. And then he finally said, listen, uh, uh, like he said, have a seat. And not a comfortable seat. He had me sit at the breakfast bar or whatever, the island, the kitchen island on the t- tall chairs. And when people ask you to have a seat, like, I think where they ask you to have a seat sometimes, uh, like, uh, I don't know if uh, McClellan would say the medium is the message in this case, but I think it might be, you know, because if they have you sit on a couch or in, you know, in in a power situation, like they're behind a desk and you're in front of the desk uh, or you're sitting at a breakfast bar or whatever, a kitchen island and the other person is on the other side of the island on their elbows standing. That one I didn't have a precedent to go on. I said, okay. And then part of me is still giddy, like uh, saying, I'm sitting at Rick Moranis' breakfast bar, you know. Yeah, like, look who's laughing now. Uh, like, I was sweaty from mowing the lawn. Uh, but... uh that was just because I said, well, I got to lay some cable later for those uh, outdoor speakers. And that my cover was kind of blown because that was the first thing Rick laughed and said, you know, I'm familiar with Bluetooth technology. 
And I said, well, those other speakers, they work on their own. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. He goes, I appreciate you coming around here. And he goes, you know, he goes, uh, he goes, I don't know how to say this. And I said, oh, great. Rick, Rick's breaking up with me. Here comes another, uh, another, here comes another one. But, you know, he kind of made some long drawn out metaphor about adopting pets, uh, which, like, didn't work out because I said, is he trying to compare me, to, like, to a lost dog? Which he was, uh, like, almost directly. And, you know, the taking in of a lost dog. But then he said, but, he goes, I can tell something's been on your mind. And he goes, I really know, he goes, I know you're not here just to, uh, you know, like, uh, pretend, pretend to work and, you know, kind of be, like, uh, useful. And he goes, and I could hire someone to do all that. Uh, he goes, what's what's on your mind? He goes, like, remember, we used to pitch me ideas. And now he goes, our relationship changed in some way. And he goes, I feel like you, you haven't, you, you've been dancing around instead of, uh, he goes, I thought this was about pitching Rick Moranis. He goes, it's been a year plus since you pitched me anything. And I said, is that really why you brought me, brought me into your life to pitch you ideas? And he said, well, you, no, 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 you came into my life. Uh, he goes, kind of, uh, worked. And I said, okay, okay, let's, let's stay away from any loaded words there. I said, like, uh, still si- I didn't really sidle you. I, I, uh, I guess I kind of like a dog. I said, hey, can I create some? And then I said, oh, yeah, like a dog. He said, create some space in your life for me. And I said, I guess I got the boundaries mixed up uh, because I was afraid of that. My, actually, I didn't have any good ideas, to be honest with you, uh, Mr. Moranis, until now. Uh, so I guess I've just been gestating on uh, what will be next. That's why I haven't pitched you anything. I mean, maybe part of me felt like there was a power dynamic uh, and that you would become an authority figure. And I was doing some dancing around, but I also didn't have any good ideas to pitch you. Uh, but I guess that is no longer the case uh, because I do now have a, an idea. I think uh, I think I have an idea for you and Tim Curry. And he said, he said, really? I just he goes, I've been talking uh, like he was talking. Uh, this is like private, so I, maybe he was talking to Tim Curry's people or Tim Curry. I don't know. You know, even though this is all, uh, uh, like, uh, this is all, this is all just, uh, you know, like a d- dream play in fantasies of mine, uh, you still have to respect that, uh, but whatever. Their people had been talking. And Rick said, you like, I went over there. Like, he goes, yeah, we, we've, uh, we spent a little time together. And, uh, he goes, I figured, he goes, he goes, you know, you're kind of transparent, uh, and I said, what do you mean? I'm not crafty? And he said, no, not, not, not at all. And he said, oh, okay, well, at least I got a lot of work done around your house. He goes, kind of. Uh, he goes, more, you go, he goes you, you're almost an actor. Uh, and I said, I guess not a very good one. And then he said, do you feel like you're talking in an after-school special? And I said, geez, Miss Moranis, thanks for the advice. Uh, I'm going to keep on dreaming. And he said, okay, tell me what, what your idea is. I said, well, uh, he said, maybe I'm better off telling, uh, like, uh, 
I'm even better off pitching you and Tim Curry at the same time. And he said, okay, why don't you go for it then? And he said, like, then he, you know, speaker phoned it and everything. And, uh, you know, then we set another appointment. He said, can't you tell me? I said, I can't tell you, Mr. Moran. I said, can I give you the idea uh, ahead of time? It'll have more oomph if I give it all at once. And so then we set a time aside, and we had to do this uh, Google thing where you say yes and that whole nine yards. Uh, and then I said, I can't do conference. I said, can I be at your place when we do the conference calling? Because I said, I can't do that. Uh, like, I don't like the dialing in, and you got to put a PIN number in, and then it says, it makes that ba-boom. And then it's like, you're supposed to say your name, like some places record your name and introduce you. Some places you just get dropped right in the room and you got to introduce yourself. Uh, and there's a lot of talking over. And uh, he said, don't worry, just come over. Uh, so then I went over to uh, Rick Moranis. says, you know, the couple days went by and those were. Uh, and he kept kind of saying, come on, tell me what it's about. Uh, and he said, I think I know. And I said, well, that's great because, uh, like I said, you, you're not going to know because it's going to be so mind-blowing. Uh, also, there's major rights issue, like uh, IP rights. Uh, and then he said, I already booked this meeting. And I said, well, don't worry about it. We're like, that's what creativity's for. So then I headed over there, and we got on the speakerphone, and, you know, there was the niceties, and because, of like, uh, it actually felt like, I guess I had an ally. I was a little bit more comfortable, like, until, like, I was like, okay, this idea is, like, uh, it's going to take some buy-in, but, uh, and I said that, I said, okay, and I said, thank you, uh, Mr., you know, thanks, everybody, for your time, and I realized this is, like, an unprecedented idea, bringing uh, both of you together, and, like, I want to consider the places you both are in your lives currently, and, uh, you know, with a little di distance, and... I do see this as an opportunity for something we could do small scale experimentally or, you know, that you could both be removed and on just the, the, the um, you know, the whatever, the production side of it. And I said, this is an idea I haven't told my brother Carl about, so it's not out there in the world, but there probably is uh, one or two entities maybe pursuing this idea realistically. Or maybe one that has actual, they said, well, let's not let that stop us. Uh, uh, but my vision is to have uh, uh, a look at a musical. With And there's a couple options, you know, obviously, as we start to look at this idea and, and really flush it out down the road as a team, uh, you know, like as a duo with me, so a trio. Um. And I waited to pause just to see if there'd be any snickering or anything. Uh, but everybody was kind of, I said, oh boy, I was on a roll. Uh, but I would, I guess I'm particularly enamored. And I think entertainment has reached a time uh, where it can embrace uh, a musical uh, with the leads uh, being of an age where they're looking back at a long, long successful career in the journey they went on together. Now, uh, could that be with uh, with flashbacks through other characters of varying ages, or could the leads uh, 
uh, be the ones uh, acting out those. I think that's where I say, well, we could we experiment with this and workshop it? Also, I've never workshopped anything, so I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, but I have tested out ideas. Uh, and then finally, some, you know, some Yahoo in a suit said, okay, can we get like, uh, like, uh, and, and, uh, and I heard Tim Curry clear his throat, and I don't think he was clearing it at me. So I said, okay, well, I'll get to the idea. Uh, but, I, you know, I, like, uh, I'm, I'm giving, I'm, then I got a little, and then uh, Rick said, just go ahead, just go ahead. And I said, well, basically, I'm here pitching both of you. It's a Hall and Oates the Musical. And uh, someone said, Hall and Oates the Musical. And there's a couple of people, like, uh, this is, a, you know, I don't know how many people are on the call in the age ranges. Uh, uh, but, you know, like, uh, they said, what do you mean, Hall and Oates the Musical? I said, a musical, uh, like, uh, that trans, you know, that goes across the career in the story of... Uh, Hall and Oates, uh, you know, with Daryl Hall and John Oates, particularly. And they said, wow, wow, wow. So, uh, with their songs, they said, wow, that, I said, probably not with their songs, because, uh, you know, if someone has the rights to their songs, they could just do the musical without us. Uh, and then they said, and they said, okay, well, just hear me out. We could get the uh, songs um, one day. But I said, imagine a musical about Hall and Oates without Hall and Oates songs. And someone said, that would be experimental indeed. I, and then I said, imagine a musical about Hall and Oates with Hall and Oates songs. If that's so good, we get to Hall and Oates songs. Uh, and then someone said, uh, something, you know, imagine, sounds imagined, you know. And I said, okay, okay. Well, just picture this, uh, like, if you can, you know, a dark stage that lights up on our two leads. Uh, for now, Mr. Curry and Mr. Moranis, uh, a stark, empty stage, maybe a misty thing. Maybe it's even post a uh, big farm for one of them. Or maybe it's... Uh, you know, at a shared acquaintances of theirs that plays a, you know, important role in the story. And it's a coming together, you know, what did I say? After an estrangement, like a post-estrangement. Uh, and there they are, breaking the ice again. Uh, then doing that. Uh, and then we do a song, like uh, the opening number. I Also, I don't, I've never, like, I've only worked on parts of the Goonies musical. So, you know, I can do the the book side, maybe, and we can, like, workshop. I said, we'll figure it all out. Uh, but I said, the, I imagine the opening number, or the first big song, maybe we start with, like, a, I don't know what it's called, when it's like a mini song of them greeting each other and, you know, talking about third acts and last acts. Uh, but then there's some sort of moment that brings them back to uh, when they first met. Uh, and then we go and we transition from the current scene uh, to the Battle of the Bands uh, at, in, in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. You know, we could just, just do it straight Philly since it's uh, kind of like a... I think that's where they, they first met was outside of Philly. And there's a battle of the bands, uh, so we could have different bands, 
and then we could have each, uh, they were, they were both at this battle of bands, uh, separately with their different bands. And maybe if we hire someone really good, we could have two different twists in two different genres of a twist on the same song. But I think I want it to be like an aloofness and maybe we get kind of an idea of whatever character traits we want to highlight through the whole musical. Uh, which I think is like going to be, I see the musical as kind of like one about romantic triangulation or whatever, whatever you call that. Uh, yeah, but so it, then we have the battle of the bands Then the battle of the bands gets broken up because, uh, there's like a, like a little bit of chaos during the battle of the bands and all in all, just happened to bail at the same time. And they end up on, like they end up taking the freight elevator together alone. Uh, so then that's another song, maybe a callback to the first uh, like song with the battle of the bands, like an interlude type thing in Majig. I don't know. Again, I don't know the terms. Uh, and then they're on the uh, elevator and they share a song with a, Hey, don't, don't I know you from somewhere? Don't I know you? Oh, battle of bands. What band are you in? And then they're both end up, they taking classes at the same place. And then that song uh, it can be a montage and actually the elevator, like the freight elevator could be a montage if we want, like, uh, like where it just goes to like three different rooms, uh, you know, when the roommates and then they're starting to play together and then they're starting to get good, but not good enough. And maybe this is where, uh, the first act kind of closes with a little bit of whatever tension, Whatever the interpersonal tension is that we just like introduced in, in like with her estrangement, uh, it comes up again. Maybe a dreamer. Again, if we have rights to the song, I guess it would be a little bit easier, but we could like, like mine their songs for the, the songs. Uh, uh, but then at the end of the first act, like it's like, are we going to go for it or not? And Oates decides to go to Europe and all seems lost. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, but I guess, uh, it doesn't cause it's, you know, only the first act of the musical. Uh, but then they come back together, uh, uh, very quickly. And I guess this would maybe where we need to fictionalize a little bit. Like when Oates is coming back, uh, well, Hall is maybe in like a relationship, uh, and then they start working together again and they're still having these ups and downs, but they're kind of feeling it, uh, and they're sowing their oats, uh, to, you know, to pardon the pun. Well, I guess they aren't where they're exploring, like they're trying to explore their sound and they're meeting all these people, but they just can't get a hit. Uh, and there could be a song like can't get a hit. Uh, and like, uh, he also is pro like uh, Hall's personal life is going along with that. So then it goes from like this where he loses, like, like uh, she's gone. And that ends up being the thing for, that ends up being the, uh, their hit, uh, after she, like, uh, so he can't get a hit. Maybe he breaks up, uh, maybe Oates has a hand in it too. And then we introduce Sarah into the mix, uh, after the hit or before the hit, uh, and, uh, that, that becomes like this, uh, thing that's just Sarah's smile, like the song, but also the character. Uh, it kind of just starts to reshape all and create tension with oats, but that tension somehow helps drive these, 
they it starts driving the uh the the, the the tension between the three of them helps the music and then they start to you know then they just start to go wild uh and they uh, like they keep keep going up and up and up and up uh but it only gets so high and then it kind of crashes and then uh i think like again this would be kind of uh, fictionalizing it but then uh sarah's like a sister gets in, introduced uh is another songwriter, which kind of confuses things even further. Uh, uh, but in some sense, it relieves the tension by making it a square instead of a triangle. And, uh, you know, adds extra element. And maybe she's like this ally character, uh, which leads to their next hit. Uh, and again, like I said, this has got to be workshop. So there's like, uh, but there, there is a story here in a musical story. They can be told, uh, uh, I guess it could be told with their songs, but I think it would be better. Like, don't you think it would be better without their, their songs? Uh, and then there was total dead silence on the other end. And I said, I said, and, and then, you know, you build, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, like, uh, the, then, uh, you know, it doesn't end on a, like I said, I don't know. I I get I don't have the ending nailed down quite yet. Uh, but I said that would be like that would be the movie, the Hall and Oates or musical, Hall and Oates musical. Uh, and like again, more silence. Uh, and Rick kind of looked at me. He didn't uh, like you know when someone looks at you and you can't tell if they feel sorry for you or they uh, believe in you, or they're worried for you. I get that look a lot, but uh, then coming from the other end, which I'm pretty sure was Tim Curry's, he said, well, who's Hall and who's Oates? And I said, I think we all know the answer to that. Hardy uh, har har. And uh, then we do, there's some clarifying questions were asked by the talent, uh, no offense to the team, but uh, like that, you know, they were, well, they said, Hall and Oates musical without any Hall and Oates songs. And I said, they said, how are you going to call it Hall and Oates? And I said, I got a hall in my house, and I got a freaking uh, box of oats. Uh, no one tells me I can't call it those things, those things. Uh, but he said, anyway, like, yeah, so it's a hall and oats uh, looking back at their years together, looking back at their story in the journey they took in a song, you know, like, uh, yeah, I said, like, but I think... Uh, I think maybe the juice of the story uh, is uh, that uh, they are where they are now instead of like, uh, and that we work that in somehow and maybe that they need to become roommates again. It could be as as simple as that, like, uh, or that they want to, uh, or that they want to and don't want to or need to. Uh, and maybe even the tension of like looking back, uh, at what's past. I think, uh, or it could just be a feel good. I mean, if we get to write the song, forget everything is the songs, forget everything I said, except for some of the plot points that we could develop. Uh, I said, but I think even adding this, uh, like with their songs, uh, would make it a little bit less, a little bit more real, uh, instead of like, uh, just celebrating their youth, uh, 
like they're savoring how their youth is letting them celebrate who they are today or informing their choices or, or their most recent choices. Uh, I don't know. That maybe seems a little muddled, but that we could include that in there. Uh, and again, I, I don't know. When I think about this project, uh, even if I had, I mean, no offense, and I hopefully they're not tapping this, uh, even if I had Hall and Oates, I would think I would choose the two of you over that. And someone said, well, isn't that because it's a gimmicky? I said, no, 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 not at all. Uh, I think it's like, uh, like in a way, uh, to kind of separate your mind, uh, from the fact that you're like, uh, it's, it's neither a tribute band nor a reunion tour. Uh, that, that maybe it creates some dissonance where we're able to in, invest in the story of Hall and Oates more than the, the public figures of Hall and Oates. And then one of the people in khakis or something said, uh, like, uh, that almost is so confusing it almost makes sense. And I said, it does, because I think the, the success of this, uh, it could go two ways. You get the rights to song and you just do a straightforward way. But they said none of us would be involved in that project, right? Let's be realistic. They wouldn't need any of us. And even if they like they had roles uh, for, for, for our two heroes here, you know, they'd be like an agent and an advisor or a positive like influence, a mentor, and, uh, like, uh, someone nefarious or something. And that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking at the beauty of their story is, is like, uh, it has the elements of, uh, uh like, uh, fairy tale elements. Uh, it has a buddy elements. It has, uh, romantic tension elements. It has ups and downs. Uh, and, it has the soul that creates the songs. Uh, I mean, so I don't know. Uh, and I think, yeah, that we could, we could like, uh, again, I realize when, you know, when I'm coming from a project as mind-blowing as Goonies a musical, which is so easy to pitch, uh, the idea of pitching Hall & Oates a musical starring Tim Curry and Rick Moranis. Uh, okay, no one, no one decided that, so that's good. Uh, Tim Curry and Rick Moranis is starring in Hall & Oates the Musical or featuring, however we do it, uh, is, is something uh, different, uh, something unexpected. But again, it could be an idea that, had, uh, that just, you know, like uh, they came out of nowhere that's, you know, not substantive, and I can respect that. But, uh, like, I think the two of you... Uh, maybe it could be something you can invest in, uh, to really, uh, feel that role in a connection to it, you know, metaphorical connection or direct connection and looking back at then and seeing now and saying, Hey, who we are now is important. And, and this was the journey we went on. Uh, and maybe it's as, as simple as breaking the wall with the, maybe the first act is the audience, uh, the wall is broken. I don't know. I never saw, uh, when Mindy Kaling, uh, in, in one of her writing partners and performing partners, uh, 
they did uh, like a Matt Damon and Ben Affleck show. And like, uh, I think that's how they broke in. And uh, maybe it was a Goodwill Hunting play or a musical or something. Uh, or it was just a Matt and Ben show. I didn't get to see that, but I, I can almost see it anyway in that, uh, that outside of the box. It, it, it seems fun. And I guess this one I'm kind of not pitching in the funnest way. Just because I was like, okay, I could see your objections that this idea is way off the wall. Yeah, but I think it also gives you a chance, you chance, and maybe we do in London, not Broadway. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, or maybe we do it even somewhere else. Maybe we do it out at, at, like at uh, Moranis Pool and we put on a show. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess I believe uh, like uh, in the love, uh, like the love the audience feels for the topic, uh, for the story, uh, for the two of you. And that there's a uh, like a connection everyone has uh, to change into uh you know, that, 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 uh, time, time, you know, time, time becoming me or whatever they, the other, I mean, you could do Simon and Garfunkel, but I, I, I tend to say that, uh, Hall and Oates lends itself more to a musical. But again, I just appreciate your time hearing this out. Uh, and, you know, that's it's fine if you want to draw, you know, that's fine. I, I, this could be the end of all of our business, like, uh, or near business relationships. Uh, but I just appreciate you both. Uh, even though like, I, like Mr. Curry, I appreciate your patience and in your team. Thank you very much. Uh, and you know, Rick and, and everybody been great. Uh, putting up with me is an understatement, but just like, think of the options and imagine if we did, if it did, if we did do as an experiment, uh, and we do it a light version, uh, or a super uh, third, like a fourth wall thing, where it's clear we don't have the rights to music, and we're celebrating that uh, on a small scale. And even if you want to be silent partners or just producers, uh, that we cast it in the same manner of uh, looking back and. I mean, it could even have a, like, and I don't think, I think this would be too much and again, muddle it, but like that they've lost the rights to their song, songs. And, uh, you know, they're performing together for the first time at some like retirement village or something. And, uh, I don't know, but, but the idea that, uh, if we did it like with half the songs of a regular musical, so we're just focusing on the big numbers, uh, uh, and then saying, well, if we have seven, then we could have 20 when we slide in the Hall & Oates songs. If we don't get to Hall & Oates songs, this is just a, like a basic thing. Uh, but if people start to like it, they say, okay, well, let's build this out. Let's hire, you know, you could hire somebody that knows what they're doing. And, you know, I could advise them and, you know, I, I, but I could still help or I could be hands off. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but I'm sure that you have the people that could make that happen. But yeah, just imagine, uh, like the humor, I mean, I guess the humor would be funny the first two times if it was like, okay, here's where we would have, uh, what I want. Uh, but, um, I don't know. We, we could like, 
maybe not. Maybe, but I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, if you're waiting for financing based on 80s nostalgia, you don't want to wait too much longer. Yeah, because uh, my sense is, you know, that it's going to be good for another 12 to 18 months. And then uh, the, the, the the stuff that got financed that's not good will be out. And, and this musical, thank you, Khaki Pants, for that comment. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's it. I appreciate you both. And uh, I'm glad I got to pitch you. And also put all these pets here to sleep at the Moranis household. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. Hall Notes, uh, the musical starring uh, Moran- Moranis and Curry. Curry and Moranis and Hall Notes, uh, the musical. It's an idea that I, th- I said it was, there's no no one else on the planet. Uh, like you'd say, well, John Lithgow wants to work with you, Scoots, and that. I'd say, well, I, like I could, I could, what if I make another musical for John Lithgow? Uh, but this one, I think I have to stick with, uh, Hall, like, I, you, know, you know. So anyway, thank you all, and thanks, Rick. I'm going to get out of here. And so that was how I left the meeting, and I'm still waiting. And again, I think this is one of those ideas that's probably, I mean, they probably all want to do it. But again, when you look at the collective unconscious of musicals, you know, there could be a Hall & Oates musical that's already like three quarters of the way produced and it just hasn't been announced yet. So then they said, well, like uh, Tim and Rick were all about it. Uh, this actually, someone did call me. Uh that this was like the, like uh, one of my friends. They pretended they said they were all about it, but you know, with uh, like uh, coming to you know the famous Las Vegas hotel in 2019, is Hall and Oates the musical starring Hall and Oates? And they said, okay, well maybe it'll be maybe it could be off off Broadway, and uh, someone could do it, or I could maybe I'll do it, maybe uh, like. Uh, I'll do Hall & Oates a musical, me and the mystery bard or something, if I could get around to it, uh, but hey, like, or just uh, like as my live show. So anyway, that's it, everybody, and uh, uh, thanks so much for listening. And, you know, pending many, many hurdles of, you know, and then those hurdles, uh, maybe we'll see that come to fruition. Good night.